and welcome back to Clarity to Launch the Podcast. Joining us today is Karina Hatton, a mentor and coach for entrepreneurs who want to grow or start their own online e-com business. She's also the host of her own podcast, She Crushes Ecom, where she and her guests seek to empower women to really realize their dreams in life and business. And we have so much synergy, and I happen to come across Karina in a group that we're both in and really resonated with everything that she was saying for obvious reasons, just by her little introduction that I shared right now. So Karina, I'm so excited to have you on today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to to talk about all the things. Yes, absolutely. So with love, I know you are now a coach and mentor, but I know at one point you also had your own econ business. I don't know if you still do, but I'd love to hear a little bit about who you are, how you came to now supporting other women to go out and do what you once did. Yeah, I do still have it actually. Um, so it's up and running and, um, so yeah, I've always wanted to own my own business you know, ever since I can remember, my dream was to have a cash register out of the Sears catalog. I don't know (laughs) if you're young enough to remember that, but I would literally like just look and read every detail about the cash register. I wanted one in the worst way. And um, so anyway, that's how I grew up. Um, I did have have entrepreneurial parents um, who, it's funny, they actually had someone steal them blind, an employee, And um, they ended up losing their business. And that is exactly what happened to my husband and I again in 2012. So been a small business owner since 2003. I own a donut franchise, which I still have. And um, it's just, it's like a child of mine. I've had it so long. It's 19. I've had it 19 years now. (laughs) Um, And so it's been with me through ups and downs. Um, But in 2012, when my husband and I lost everything, like everything, um, I decided having the IT background that I have, I have a degree in computer information systems and my MBA. Um, I decided that I wanted to open a business because that's in my blood, right? And I didn't have anything to do. I mean, I had the donut shop running by itself. um, And when the other businesses we had failed, um, I was left with really nothing. And so I was looking online, researching for about, I would say at least a week, trying to figure out something that I could do where I didn't have to have a huge amount of investment because we had just lost everything. Um, And I didn't want to sign a lease or do something crazy like that because I was just so broken from what had happened. And I remember I came across a boutique and I had never heard of boutiques before. I mean, I don't know how this happened other than I went to private school and we just wore uniforms every day and I never really had like a wardrobe other than my uniform. Um, And so I was just like in awe and started researching. And so I figured out how to do the online boutique thing. And eventually I decided, you know, okay, this is going well. I think I want to do more. Like, I feel like I'm meant for more. And I came across this podcast and she was offering coaching and I'd never heard of like coaching for business. I never knew where to find a coach. Mm -hmm. And so I signed up and she, she suggested that I start teaching people how to do what I did and went and added up the numbers and realized that I'd done seven figures in sales. And I didn't even realize because I was just so busy working. (laughs) 
they say emulate who you want to be like. And I had always run my boutique, like, okay, if I were like a seven figure boutique, how would I do this? And it actually worked. I actually did end up doing it. So I've been coaching ladies since uh, April of 2019 was my first live where I put myself out there. And so Mm -hmm. that's how I got here. That's awesome. And I love that. So first, I just want to, before I forget, you just said you did your first live in 2019. Can you tell me where, like, how did you feel about doing that live? You're now venturing into something completely new. And I'm bringing this up because this is something I'm sure you work with your clients on. I work with my clients on where it's uncomfortable, generally speaking, but you like did it. You put yourself out there. Do you remember like before oh. when, when your coach told you like, oh, you should do this and now having to go and like say that online? It was fear like I hadn't felt in a long time. Uh, and she actually challenged me to go live every single day for 30 days. Wow. And so I had to, the thing I didn't like was I felt like, you know, with guys, they can just go live and it's okay. Women, you feel like you have to get ready, mm-hmm. you know, like makeup, you have to put makeup yeah. on and, you know, what shirt am I going to, and it was just like, I just really didn't want to do that, but I did. I had, I made myself get ready and, you know, figure out topics for every single day. I went live for like five to 10 minutes, um, on my Facebook page. I didn't have a group at the time and I was terrified. Yeah, absolutely terrified. And I went back and actually a few months ago, looked at some of those very first lives because they're still on my page. And I could just see the fear when Mm -hmm. I was looking at myself. And thinking, how funny is that? Because I'm so comfortable doing it now. Mm-hmm. And and it really is like that with things in life, you know? With everything. I think people would look at you or anyone that they are looking up to in doing whatever it is they want to do and say, oh, but it's easy for her or him. And it's like, at one point it wasn't easy. Like I, people sometimes watch my webinars and they're like, your webinars are so good. I can never do that. I'm like, I didn't even know what a webinar was six years ago. Literally didn't know what it was. Me either. <laughs> Me either. And it's the willingness um, to practice and be messy and, and not be perfect. Yeah. And that's my famous line is done is better than perfect. Yeah. And I tell my, my clients that I tell myself that, you know, just get it done and you're going to critique yourself more than anybody else ever will. Yeah. We all notice like, oh, I said, um, too many times and the person watching probably isn't even remotely thinking about that for a second, but we're mm-hmm. our harshest critics, but it also is understanding your first version is not going to be your final version, but you have to do the first to get to the final version. So yeah, I, love, definitely. I love that you put yourself out there. Okay. So you've been coaching since 2019. So I'd love to hear because you have so much experience in the e-com space and working with product-based businesses, what for you are, are, is your approach when you're thinking about finding an ideal client? Do you even find a niche for product-based businesses? Is that different? What does that look like for you and the work that you do with your clients? Oh my gosh. So totally, you need to, to have a focus. Um, you can't be everything to everybody. And I, I just seriously cringe when I talk to someone and they say, I want to be a one-stop shop. I want to have something for everyone, or I want to have men's, women's, and children's. And, you know, it's like, okay, do you have $50,000 for inventory? Because you can't just, when you open a product-based business online, you can't, it takes so much money because you can't just have three or four things Mm. because your, your store has to be shoppable or people will leave. Right. So I teach little techniques on how to make your store 
look full, even when you're not spending a lot of money, because, um, that's the thing. Women like to browse, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and if you go to a site and you see they have five products, you're pretty much leaving, right? Pretty quickly. And so you always want to go deep. You want to pick one category or maybe two categories and just go all in on those and refine them. And then once you get your customer base built up, when you have extra profits to work with, then you can add an additional collection or category. I love that you said that because it's the exact same thing on the service side. Like when I, similar to how you said you cringe, when I hear like people who want to do coaching and they're like, I want to be a life coach and I want to help someone with like their career, their finances, their relationships. And like, okay, let's bring it in. And you can't, and they'll give examples of people that do that. And there are people that do that, but they didn't start doing that. It's very similar, like get known for one thing, get established for one thing. You can always expand and grow from there, but trying to do it all at one time, especially when you're usually a one woman show to start, like you're not really going to do anything very successfully. And it's going to be even harder to stand out. Do you find that as for e-com businesses, like how do you differentiate yourself in the marketplace when you're just starting and you're not, you know, the big names that have hundreds of thousands or million dollars behind them to be able to buy tons of marketing and tons of revenue? Like how would someone who's just like, I want to start something, but how do I compete with all the things that are already known and established? Well, here's the thing that I teach is you are the reason that they're going to buy from you. So we start with the about me. And that's where basically you pretend like the customer's coming into your store. What would you say to them? Like, hey, I knew I started this store because of this. Here's a little bit about me. And it's like your get to know me page, right? So you have to have that. And that is kind of the beginning of standing out. Um, The next thing is you need to pick things that um, everyone has their own style, right? So when they're, they're deciding on inventory, it needs to kind of reflect their style. And I tell my clients, do not, absolutely do not watch what anyone else is doing. Mm. If they're not in our group, uh, the Ecom Academy, if they're not in our group, um, working the same strategies as you are, don't, don't worry about them. You know, mm-hmm. don't worry about, um, the products that other people have, because you don't know if they're being successful or not. They mm-hmm. may have them on their website. They may have them at the show or whatever that may be, but you don't know if they're selling them. You don't know if they're buying at the right price. You don't know if they're selling at the right price. And the difference with product-based businesses is you have inventory that you have to purchase, right? So you need to be very strategic about that when you buy your initial inventory. And it needs to reflect kind of you, right? And it's funny because they all, um, most of my ladies have uh, women's clothing. It's extremely profitable. Yeah. Um, And I know how to do it really well. Not... I would say it's very rare. I have over a hundred ladies in the program that they will have the same products. Mm. (laughs) So you think about that, you know, a hundred ladies all selling the same category, all with different products. Mm. So you really just need to be yourself. That's the key. That's how you stand out. Yeah. And I think people don't think of it that way when it's a product, because we kind of think it's disassociated from the person behind the product. But if correct me, if I'm wrong, it sounds like what you're saying is because you're not like a Nordstrom's or a Macy's, like people do want to know who's behind it when it's a small business. Is that accurate? 
Yeah, they, they're going to buy from you because they like, know, and trust you. That's mm. the similarity for service-based too. Because yeah. um, with coaching, it's service-based for me. So I do both. And so it's building the relationship. And with it being online, they need to be able to trust that it's going to be good quality, that you know what you're doing, that they're going to get the order when they buy something, you know, yeah. um, that you're trustworthy. And so all of that, how you build that brand is going live. That's one of the key things. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend? Cause one of the things that I find with like service-based entrepreneurs is they're like, I've got to do a brand photo shoot. I've got to do my website. I've got to do all these things that aren't necessarily getting them their first paying client. What do you think? I don't know if it's three things, five things are like very key and essential for someone just starting out to get their store up and able to t- take on their first client. We actually fixed that problem because it was something that I was running into uh, back when I first started. It was January of 2021. I decided that the main place that I see ladies get stuck is Shopify, setting up Mm. the Shopify store. So I literally created a product that I've sold thousands of where I set up the the back end for them. So all they have to do is add their products and their logo. Mm-hmm. because that's where I saw them getting stuck because yeah. I, I mean, I had one lady, it took her like six or eight weeks and she still didn't have her short on. And it was just this huge hurdle. So you need to pick a platform and get your store set up. Okay. That, that's the main thing. Um, logo, you have to have a logo. Yeah. Um, you pick your name and logo. That's one of the first things that I teach mm-hmm. and there are methods behind that, as you know, with, um, with your work on making those resonate, you know, yeah. making your logo. I think even more so for a shop, I, it, for me, it's even mm-hmm. more important for shops, name, colors, logo than like an individual. I think people are looking at that deeper. Yeah. It's the look and feel of the store, right? We've all gone to those stores and we go, we, we get there and their logo looks really bad and the pictures Mm -hmm. are blurry and we're like, okay, bye. You know, (laughs) um, I'm scared. I wouldn't get my order. You don't know what you're doing. I mean, that's the biggest fear is they don't know what they're doing. You're going to give them your money and you're never going to get your product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And so where would you say at what point do you need to start bringing on like support? And what does that initial support for something like this look like? Well, that's funny you say that because I was just talking to a client right before this and she just hit 14,000 in sales last month. And she started from scratch. We looked at her numbers this time last year, she, uh, July of last year, she did $3,000 and this May she did 14 and she still has not hired anybody. Wow. So, um, some of the, the things that I, some of the people that I see these ladies hiring are people to help with social media. That's the first thing that you would hire out. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that's super time consuming. Uh, it, it can get overwhelming mm-hmm. and it can hurt your business if you, you're not consistent with it. Yeah. So with, with econ businesses, social media and posting pretty regularly, I assume is very important. you live and die by that. I mean, literally, if you stop social media, your sales will show it. They'll reflect it. Interesting. Okay. And what do you find among your clients, among yourself is, has brought the the clients that you've seen had the most success, whatever that success looked like for them. What were like the common traits or the common things amongst those different clients that you felt attributed to the success? 
This one is so interesting because it's really simple, but it's hard. It's the belief in themselves and the not giving up when things get hard. Yeah. It's that tenacity. It's that, you know, I'm going to make this work and do what it takes attitude. That is the difference. I can, I know for a fact that if they don't believe that it will work for them, it absolutely won't. Mm -hmm. I can throw all this, the proven strategies that I have at them, but if they don't believe that it will work for them, it won't because they won't take the action. Mm-hmm. you know, or they'll take the action, but they won't do it in like a great way. Yeah. Like going live when you're not believing in yourself, Yeah, that you know, people sense that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the, the absolute key. I can say after doing this for, for this many years. Yeah. And, and it's sad to me because I will see everyone do, or someone do everything right. But that low self-esteem creeps in and I'm always, you know, trying to pick them back up and, and just keep them. That's part of what I do as a coach is keep, keep them moving forward, forward momentum, you know, yeah. because it gets hard. Yeah, it does. And I, I also, I mean, I appreciate that now with social media, I think there's a lot more people sharing those stories that even once I think people assume like, Oh, once I reach six figures or seven figures or whatever their number is that it's just smooth sailing. And it's like, you actually probably have bigger problems now, but you also have more tools to navigate them because you've already done it so many times. It becomes like a muscle you're building. I'd love to hear, we were talking about this earlier, your, cause you've had many different types of businesses. You've had moments where you could have just said, you know what? Entrepreneurship is not for me. I'm just going to go get another job or do whatever but you didn't. And I, I, I assume that now that's a little bit easier for you to navigate because you've done it so many times, but in those early days, which many of our listeners might be in, how did you navigate that? How did you continue to say like everything fell apart? The rug was pulled from under me, but I'm going to do it all over again. Well, initially it was the fact that everyone thought it wouldn't work for me. Mm. Like I remember back when I bought my donut shop, everyone told me that it wouldn't work. Yeah. Even I was in, in grad school and I remember my entrepreneurship professor saying, nobody gets SBA loans. You're not, I wouldn't even try to get an SBA loan right now. And so it was just, I would say 99 out of a hundred people not believing that I could do it. You know, I just thought, well, who are they to tell me what I can't do? You know, and that- lit a huge fire under me, like, which it could have done the opposite. And so that's a testament to you because for a lot of people, the naysayers in their life have them say, well, they're right. I can't do it. Right. But you did used it as fuel to be like, wait a minute. Yes, I can. (laughs) Well, and you know, I I don't know if that was because I just had that rebellious spirit. You Mm -hmm. know, if I were maybe a rule follower, (laughs) I would say, oh yeah, you're probably right. You know, and I really feel like that's it. I mean, I'm the type of person that speeds on the the highway, you know, (laughs) I mean, I don't care what the speed is. I just go, whatever feels right to me. Um, and, and I think, and my husband's the same way. We've got that rebellious spirit. And I think that's a huge part of it. Um, if you're a rule follower, like, oh, it says to, uh, you know, I, I can't think of a good example right now, but, um, you know, I feel like rule followers have a little bit harder time being successful as an entrepreneur because it really does take that strong, like bullheadedness almost, Mm -hmm. you know, like don't tell me that it won't work. And I had a baby at 19. 
Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I'm sure that everyone who knew me thought that I would just, you know, end up on food stamps and not do anything. Mm -hmm. And I actually had him and then I started college. Okay. <laughs> so I did everything backwards, but it was, it was that bullheadedness almost. Yeah. And making up your own rules, it sounds like, which is essentially entrepreneurship. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think that I could ever, I haven't worked for someone else since 2003. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I just, and it was funny because in grad school, I remember that same professor. He said, if you guys ever start your own business and then it doesn't work out and you want to go apply for a job, he said, see if you can leave off that you owned your own business because that will actually hurt you. Oh. Because people in office environments don't like to hire people that are entrepreneurial because mm. they don't fit into the mold of what they're looking for. You think for yourself too yeah. much. They like people that just do what they're told. And so that will actually hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> so could be the same thing, you know? Yeah. Very, very interesting. What is your vision for where you want to take your business, your businesses and your growth as an entrepreneur? Well, I've always had this dream. Um, and it's like a running joke with my kids now, um, for like 25 years, I've been telling them that I'm going to get a Ferrari. Ooh. I'm a huge, I'm a huge car fan, like cars and music and fast cars. Like I am obsessed with cars. Yeah. And, um, it's funny because my husband and my little, my son are too, my younger. And, uh, so I told him I was going to get one by the time I was 40. Of course, my son was 21 at that point. He was like, yeah, so you didn't get the Ferrari. So you owe me a hundred bucks. Cause we had a bet going. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And so now I'm like, okay, if I don't get a Ferrari, if one of you guys makes enough to buy me, will you at least buy me a Ferrari? So like, that's been my life goal ever since I was little, Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're playing with the Hot Wheels, you're like five. I'm like, I'm going to get a Ferrari when I'm older. So that's my goal. I just want the Ferrari. Um, and I want to be able to show my kids and show the ladies, the clients that I work with that they can actually do things, mm -hmm. you know, that, that are in their heart. And, um, even when someone's telling you that you can't do it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think it's a reminder for us all. Cause I, I, we all have those moments where, I mean, I always say to myself, like I try to give myself my two weeks notice at least once a quarter. I'm like, I quit. I'm over it. I don't want to do this anymore. But it really is that tenacity of like picking yourself back up and like doing whatever. Like for me, once you've made a decision to go into entrepreneurship, it means there is no plan B. This is what I'm doing. I'm not like, but if this doesn't work out, because then I've decided it's not going to work out. And so I don't even allow myself mentally to go there. I was just going to say that I was cringing when you said, but if this doesn't work mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. another word that I, I don't like even in my vocabulary is hopefully mm. like, I just that's don't good. say it. I just don't say I never it. I thought of that one, but that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't hope <laughs> it's not hopefully this, you know, yeah. you're doing it or you're not doing it. You're not right. like, Oh, I hope this works, you know? So yeah. just stop saying it. It's yeah. not hopefully. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure for some of you listening, you're like, well, that's easy for them to say, like they've already done it or they're already further along, but just know it's that attitude that has allowed Karina to, to be successful in what she's doing. It's what has allowed me to be able to talk to you right now on this podcast. It is making a decision and really like 
the only thing we can control is ourselves. You can't control outside circumstances. You can't control what client's going to sign up or what's going to happen with this, but you can control how you react to things, what you decide to do each day, what decisions, conversations that maybe are uncomfortable or fearful that you decide to just go for. Like I always say, we only have one of these. So why sit wondering like, what if, or what if I would have done that? Mm -hmm. Just do it. Who cares if the live was bad? It was one post of your life. Like, who cares? Exactly. And you've learned, like the, I was going to say earlier, the more sales you make and the bigger your business becomes and the more like we have, I think about 300,000 followers, maybe more on social media. Um, the bigger you get, the more followers you get, the more you're going to be critiqued mm-hmm. by other people. Like you were saying, you know, things change. You still have issues when you get bigger. Um, and I was just telling the ladies on a coaching call earlier today, um, the bigger you get, uh, the more spammers will be mm. attracted to you. Yeah. And the more people will feel like they can say whatever they want to you because you're invincible, right? Um, so you really have to have that strong why behind you. Like, why am I doing this? And literally just put on the blinders and a really awesome saying that I read, I think it was last year. I saw someone said this, um, you can be the sweetest peach, but some people still don't like peaches. Yep. And when I think of that, I'm like, that is so true. You just, you can't be everybody, everything to everybody. So you just be yourself and be fully yourself and you will attract and repel exactly how you're supposed to. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much. You shared so many gems today. I know even um, a lot of my clients who are currently service-based have always been wanting to do something in the e-com space, but it feels like this, even for me, it's like, where do you even start? What does that look like? And to see examples of women like yourself who started something from nothing and have grown it and now are empowering other people to do the same. It's just inspiring to know, oh, it's possible. Like it, like how we were saying earlier, you know, I didn't know what a webinar was six years ago. You didn't know how to go live three years ago, but we yeah. figured it out. <laughs> you can learn and you can grow. If anyone wants to learn more from you, learn how to work with you, where can we find you? Um, you can, the best place to start is onlineboutiquecoaching.com. Or you can also go to knittedbell.com. That's my boutique. And we are on uh, Facebook and Instagram as Knitted Bell. Awesome. We will put all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing today. Of course, this was fun. Yes. Yes.